Turn it three. Positive rotation. Welcome to Roll Call, a 126th Air Refueling Wing podcast of the Illinois Air National Guard at Scott Air Force Base. I'm your host, Master Sergeant Brian Ellison. The Roll Call podcast focused on people, mission, and community. Our guest this week is Master Sergeant Dan Welker from the Comptroller Flight Office. From the Comptroller Flight, he tells us about coming from active duty to the Illinois Air National Guard. The 375th Medical Group is holding a healthy behavior and weight loss program beginning August 1st. It runs through October 17th. They will uh, meet. Uh, you can meet them either in person or virtually every Wednesday for an hour at noon. You can get a hold of Kathy Takis with her phone number 618-256-7138 or email her. I'll put her contact information in the show's notes and descriptions. Scott Air Force Base's small unmanned aircraft system, SUAS unit, detachment X-ray, sounds pretty metal, dead X, is fully operational. This means you may notice small drones operating on, on Scott at different times for their uh, official duties. Dead X is the only unit allowed to fly over Scott Air Force Base. So, if you believe you notice suspicion drone, suspicious drone activity, please contact Security Forces Squadron BDOC at 256-6000. Coming up in this week's Look Around the Air Force, remembering the first major mission for the Air Force. Hi, I'm Mike Richmond of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs with this message for veterans. If you're a veteran having thoughts of suicide or know of a veteran at risk for taking their own life, Call the new Veterans Crisis Line number, 988, then press 1. It's available 24-7. This shorter, three-digit number provides an easier-to-remember way to access the Veterans Crisis Line, which links to over 500 VA suicide prevention coordinators. Suicide prevention is VA's top clinical priority, and in the words of VA Secretary Dennis McDonough, during a crisis, every second counts. This new number, he says, makes it easier for veterans and those who care about them to reach life-saving support without having to be enrolled in VA benefits or health care. For more information, go to VeteransCrisisLine.net. That's VeteransCrisisLine.net. I'm Mike Richman. Joining me today is Master Sergeant Dan Welker, the NCOIC of Financial Management. What That sounds like a fancy name, financial management. What does that mean? Uh, Lamest terms, customer service for finance. All right. And I mean, I really, you guys have great customer service. Anytime I go in there, uh, it always seems like somebody's, they're going to sit down with me and uh, help me out with uh, the problem that I have. Well, Usually, that's what we aim for. That's yeah. That's it's great. So you're just uh, new to the to the wing, and uh, uh, one of your first things you got to do was uh, take an orientation flight. What was that like? Uh, it was really neat. Uh, I'm not super big on heights, so oh really? Yeah. So you take you know naturally Air Force is the place for me, but uh, <laughs> now if you take that out of the equation, you know it's kind of cool though. Uh, I was deployed with an air traffic controller back in '15. Okay. And then he was talking to me about near-air misses and stuff like that. And then he said, you know, you'd be surprised. A near-air miss isn't what you think it is. It's not like somebody veers off at the last second like you see on the movies. It's like, I forget what he said, but it's something like anywhere between one and three miles of proximity to another aircraft is considered a near-air miss. And then, uh, yeah, looking down the boom windows and all that, I'm like, well, I could probably <laughs> I know I could hit this 
playing with a baseball if I needed to. Yeah, no That's kidding. a lot closer than one to three miles. Yeah. I had a, a, a pilot tell me one time, actually it was uh, Colonel Lane. She was a guest on the podcast. She was saying, you know, basically what we do is uh, a midair, uh, controlled midair collisions. Yeah, I is believe the way it. she kind of explained it. Well, I mean, that goes with what the air traffic controller dude was saying. <laughs> you're not going to see that on the civilian side. <laughs> no kidding. Did you get a lay, did you lay down in the pod? I know you're scared. I of did. Heights. I was actually uh, whenever they were on their approach, I got to be down there. Yeah, oh, that was really cool. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. I don't feel. I mean, yeah, you get that freakiness. Like I don't know. Even the arch, you kind of when you're leaning over, you're like whoa. But then, like up there, it doesn't feel the same way. I don't feel that same kind of weirdness that it, you're scared, no, I, mean, I guess. It's whatever you want to th- call it. I think it was definitely a one and done. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, I'm I love I going it. up there. I'm glad I did I it, love but going I up think there. I might be good for one lifetime. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on, man. You got to get back up there. <laughs> I've had the experience. Like I said, so, I've been up. I've seen it. <laughs> so when we do the the virtual reality goggles, you you want to do that? You think you'd be uh, cool I mean, with as that? As long as I know I'm on the ground. I, I don't know. I virtual reality. If I knew I was on the ground. Already, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> virtual reality is. Have you ever done virtual reality? Uh, I mean, just Oculus or what is it? Is it yeah, or? yeah. That's. I mean, that's still pretty freaky. I was playing something like in the dark, and I was like, "Whoa!" I look like I'm like leaning over an edge. I was like, "Whoa!" That is that is pretty freaky. So you just uh, you just got to the wing, like we said, and uh, you uh, before you came to the 126 Comptroller Office, where were you before that? Uh, I was on the other side of base at 375th Comptroller. Really? So not, a, not a huge leap there. No kidding. Just kind of walked across the ramp if they allowed yeah, that. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. It is awfully scary, though, going tradition, like regular active to uh, guard, though. Really? Yeah. What, well, what made you choose the, the National Guard? Why did you choose to go from the 375th uh, over here? So prior to being here, because I'm from the area. I'm from St. Charles originally. So oh, yeah. Where at? I'm from Winsville. Oh, Okay. I live in the I live in St. Charles City now. Okay. So there you go. All right. Cool. Just a stone's throw away. Yeah. Awesome, man. But yeah, I went up to uh, my first duty station was in South Dakota, and then from there I went down to Florida, and then I BOP'd actually to get here whenever uh, base of preference. Oh, okay. Basically asked if I could PCS here. Oh yeah, so kind of like a dream sheet thing. Yeah, pretty okay. much. Uh, so yeah, that got approved, and I got close to home, and I figured, well, you know, I yeah. don't really want to leave again, so. Uh, or at 375th, there were two slots for master sergeants, and at the time we had three, me being who had been there the longest, figured, well, I better do something or something's going to be done for me. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, one of my buddies was in the wing. He's like, well, why don't you look at coming on over? I figured, you know, I'll give that a shot. That Things panned out, and I'm, I'm very happy it worked. Yeah, and... and uh so do you live here on the Illinois side? Or do you? I do. I live in Belleville now. Oh, that's nice. It's a, a shorter commute than when I uh, my forty five minutes <laughs> yeah, I don't every know day. How the heck you do that? I don't mind it. You get in your podcast. Uh, you you get to listen to. Uh, uh, right now, I'm uh, learning Irish, and uh, so I listen to uh, RTE Radio Tele Radio and uh, Television uh, Ireland, and uh, get in my uh, get in my uh, Gaelic. Uh, uh, practice while I'm driving here in the mornings and I listen to podcasts at night. It's two birds, huh? Yeah, it's not bad. So what, I mean, I guess that kind of goes along with uh, why'd you choose the 126? Because I mean, I guess you could have gone to one of the other, if you wanted to, one of the other wings, or you could have gone over to the Missouri Guard. And uh, I guess you couldn't, you know, good old Knob Noster and been over there. <laughs> I just like saying Knob Noster. <laughs> 
No, uh, 126. So um, I just bought a house not too long before crossing over and all that. I really liked the house, liked the area, friends with my neighbors, things like that. Um, and, I mean, I like being at Scott, too. So yeah, it's nice. It seemed like a, a good fit to slide on over. Right. And uh, so where were you at in uh, South Dakota? I was at Ellsworth. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. My wife is from that area. She is from uh, Gillette, Wyoming, That's so which nice. is about two and a half hours west of Ellsworth. And she lived and worked in Rapid City, Spearfish, and Lead. 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 Lead South Dakota, where the, what and then De, and then Deadwood's up there. You, yep. you like De, Deadwood's fun. Yeah, You'd my able, wife, she's um, she's from Winter, and she was. Kind oh of, yeah, Winter South Dakota. Well, yeah. where I don't know exactly where that's at, but I've seen uh, the uh, exit. I mean, kind of say middle of nowhere, and you're referring to most of the stuff. Yeah, I know. It, <laughs> it is. When I first moved up there for work, we I stopped in the middle of ninety, and I was like, and stopped at a, uh, a rest stop and eerily quiet even though you're on an interstate it's eerily quiet up there if the wind's not blowing <laughs> yeah 40 60 mile an hour gale force <laughs> winds that'll hit you out of nowhere yeah so i learned to ride a motorcycle at about a 45 degree angle oh man into it so you went to uh sturgis oh uh, yeah 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 a little bit of experience in sturgis sturgis is an interesting place isn't it yeah it's like spring break for middle-aged people. yeah <laughs> good point yeah i love that never heard it put that way what's uh i mean you talked about the transition what's that been like uh to go from uh an active duty to i mean you're kind of active duty now are you agr or? AGR. Yeah. so what's that been that's what's that transition like um uh, Honestly, it was scary because, like, just going through it, like, well, I got 14 years in. Now I have to get a legitimate 214. So the idea of that just terrified me. But, uh, no, I mean, everybody was awesome and, I mean, almost seamless. I was working on, you know, the other side of the flight line one day, and I just come to this side of base the next. Uh, I said it was more so just being nervous about actually separating and then coming back in and all that. What was that process like separating me? So you had to go through, you had to go through, uh, I was active army for a long time. So you had to go through. Uh, Shippy and really the whole sure. separation checklist. Right, uh, right. Yeah, the whole thing, all separation for medical, all that stuff. And so is there a, was there a break between the time at 375th or like you're. No, you, it's just one day there, next day here. <laughs> ETS and just yeah. the next day you're uh, in the Air National Guard. Yeah, I just changed out my patch. That is awesome. <laughs> That's cool. But no, it worked out uh, extremely smooth. So uh, compliments to everybody that was involved. Right. Do you guys have more spaces in uh, in Comptroller's office? Because I saw you also brought Sergeant Yee over with you. Yep. Yeah, I poached him from uh, 375th also. <laughs> I hear that a lot. A lot of people, you know, they uh, leave the other side and come over to the 126th. Best kept secret in the Air Force. It's weird, though. Uh, on the active side, nobody really even talks about Guard or Reserve as an option even. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I guess I. I mean, in basic training, we were all in the air, the the guard, the army guard, and the army and the reserves. We all served together in basic mm -hmm. training, so we kind of had an idea of what they did. Um, but yeah, I mean, what was your opinion of the guard before? I mean, because we uh, we. I mean, I went to basic, like you said, right. and tech school. Even there were guard guys there. Um, when I was in Florida, we had. 
was significant guard and reserve presence there. Um, a lot of AGR stuff. So, I mean, other than what you claim you are, really not much different. The only reason that, like I said, it's just not something that active duty really even talks about. The only reason that because um, they're scared, they don't want you to, they don't want you to, they don't want to lose you. Hey, that two fourteen is a scary situation. Let me tell you. What's so scary about the two fourteen? Because if things go awry, I just wasted fourteen years of my life. Uh, uh, not wasted. But, not wasted, you know. but uh, you'll be fine. I mean, you, you're going to get it back. You're going to get those six years. Because yeah. hey, AGR counts as federal time, right? Yeah. So there you go. I mean, and then. Yeah. So what happens when you retire as an AGR? So do you get you collect that uh, retirement right away? Yeah, if you get your twenty years, you know, twenty years plus or whatever, right? It's really the exact same as active duty. Wow! Which that I only knew about whenever I was in Florida. I sat next to a retiree that um, he did the same thing. He did about three quarters of his career active and then jumped over. And then you know I'd heard his stories like, hey, you need to look into this man. That's it's a pretty sweet gig. No more PCS in the places you don't want to go. Right. Things like that. You can buy a house and be confident you're going to live there. Things like that. So, uh, yeah, I always kind of had that going in the back of my head ever since talking to him. Where were you at in Florida? Tyndall. Tyndall, where is that? Is that the one that got wiped off the <laughs> face is. of the earth? God bless I it. Actually, I came to uh, Scott about six months before Hurricane Michael hit. Holy cow. When then, was that? 20? Gosh. Uh, what, I got here in... 17, very tail end of 17, so it must oh. have been 18. Yeah, wow. But it was it was a mess. I got to actually go back because I still knew the commander and, you know, the vast majority of the uh, squadron and stuff. So they brought me back for a month to help them uh, bring back the evacuees as they were returning and all that. But, yeah, it was just a... I mean, it looked like a war zone. Really? Is Tyndall gone now? Or are they... No, they're they, back. Oh, they're they, back? They never actually, like, closed, closed. People evacuated, but... Um, Oh, like when I went there, it was it was a wild experience. Just entire forest. It looked like everybody just hit him with a chainsaw about two and a half feet above the ground. Um, we had a bunch of people who were kind of shacked up in the same house. Whoever had a house that was standing and livable oh, kind of took in other people from the squadron that had been rendered homeless. Um, yeah, it was kind of wild. Actually, while I was there, they had basically condemned all of base housing because it was all destroyed. So I got to walk through like where I would have been had uh, had I lived there at the time. And holy cow, I'd lost everything because really? that house got destroyed. So uh, well, what'd you say you were doing there when you went back to help out? Helping them as evacuees were returning. Yeah. Uh, I was helping them take in travel vouchers and then process everybody. Oh, that's cool. That's, that's great. It was a, a lot of people down there. To, did they bring yeah. in a lot of people to help? reprocess all these folks uh, not a lot really there were, i think out of us people that were there tdy they had about half the squadron had returned the other half was still evacuated because they didn't have places for people to live really even so they only took people that uh you know could find places to live and things like that right but we had a team of about four people there tdy to help kind of supplement wow that's awesome that's uh wow yeah I felt bad for those guys. Oh man, they went through it. That's rough. So you, so you've been in. So the, what are the two places you've been? Uh, Ellsworth and Tyndall. As Ellsworth and Tyndall, and then uh, here. And uh, man, what was that like? To, what was that like to be full time but near home? That must have been. Um, I don't know. I guess it. I guess it would have made it more. Would it? Make, does it make it easier to to be in the regular yeah, Air Force? I mean, it's. 
It's nice. I mean, Winsville's still, you know, about an hour and 20 minutes away-ish, so. Depends on how you drive. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> 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 uh, but no, uh, I spent a lot of time down there. So whenever I BOP'd here, I actually put in for it because my father got diagnosed with leukemia. Oh, man. So I kind of wanted to be around for sure. the tail end of things and whatnot. So uh, there was, for a period of a couple months, a lot of going back and forth. Sure. Other than that, you know, like. I don't know, maybe once every two months. Yeah. Pop in, see what everybody's up to and whatnot. Right. And you're close. To, now you're, but now, over here, you're closer to downtown to get to the games. This is true. Cardinals and Blues? Uh, blues. blues? Uh, I can't even claim to be a baseball fan. Really? I, I watch in October, and then uh, I'm a Cards fan. But, right. Oh, the but Blues. I, I can't in good conscience claim that I'm a baseball fan. The Blues period. are a hot mess right now. Yeah, but they're rebuilding. Okay, you know. sure. Well, Vladdy and O'Reilly, I mean, they were going to be free agents But then anyway. Barbashev. I'm well, like, really? You got rid of Burger Chef? Yeah, there? they got Dean for Barber Chef, so that could pan out. Uh, yeah, where were you at when uh, when they won the uh, Stanley Cup? I was here. I've actually uh, well, I got to touch the cup twice and kiss it once. What? Yeah, got where'd, a video of it and everything. Where'd you uh, see the cup at? Uh, the first time was at the Blues 5K right after they uh, they won it. Okay. And then had to push through, you know, about a thousand people to get there, but I got there. <laughs> And the other one was whenever they brought it out on base, they had everybody line up, and they ran out of time, so I never actually got to go in and get a picture with it. Oh, man. But I tracked the guy down as he was walking out with it. Hold on, hold on. Oh, <laughs> man, that is, so, that is so awesome. When was it on base? I must have not have been working here full-time when it was on base. I guess not. No, I wouldn't have been. Man. Well, I could check the date stamp on my phone if you want to be yeah. jealous. Uh, yeah. I tried to go to the – we went to the parade. That was a mess. That was yeah. – I saw John Hamm go by. That was about it. And we were, we were down the, we were on, well, it was on market, but we were like by Channel 5. There's a little grassy area by Channel 5. And that was the closest we could get. It was probably not the best idea. We could have probably watched it on TV <laughs> instead of going down to the parade. But I was at the parade. I've never, well, I've been to the Cardinals parade in 2006. All right, we, uh, that's uh, Master Sergeant Dan Welker, the uh, NCOIC of Financial Management at the 126th Comptroller Office. Uh, thank you for coming in. Yeah, I appreciate it. Seventy-five years ago in 1948, the brand-new U.S. Air Force flew in the greatest humanitarian airlift in history. The Berlin Airlift kept the two and a half million citizens of West Berlin from starving and gave them hope during a Soviet blockade of the city. Secretary of the Air Force Frank Kendall says the airlift established a tremendous legacy for the service and demonstrated sustained global air mobility in an operation that may have prevented World War III. The Berlin Airlift was the Air Force's first major achievement as a military service. Airmen getting ready to deploy will see more structured and predictable cycles that the Air Force says will better prepare them for high-end combat operations. Air Force Force Generation, or AFRGEN, is different from the expeditionary model of the past 20 years. Airmen will be assigned to one of four phases that deploy on a 24-month cycle covering preparation, certification, availability, and reset. AFRGEN is expected to evolve as airmen deploy and provide lessons learned to their units. Commanders at Air Expeditionary Wings can look forward to better operations as a new administrative structure is set in place. It's called an A-Staff. 
a standardized way of organizing that handles functions like manpower, operations, and plans. A-staffs are responsible for informing and implementing wing commander's decisions, communicating with higher and lateral headquarters, and looking out for the staff's professional development. The structure takes the burden of staffing responsibilities off units, allowing them to better focus on mission execution instead of staff work. It also provides wings with an increased capacity to plan, coordinate, and communicate under the Air Force's new force generation deployment model. That's your look around the Air Force. I'm Technical Sergeant Vernon Young. Coming up August 2nd, the Exceptional Family Member Program is holding a Zoom session for Back to School, a special education roadmap. There'll be two sessions that day, one in the morning at 8 and the other in the afternoon at 1700, uh, 5 p.m. for folks that can't do that math. Some of the topics covered include overcoming the hurdles of Back to School, Military Interest Children's Compact Commission, Free appropriate public education, education and development intervention services. You can find more information like this by signing up for the 126th Military Family Readiness mailing list. I'll put their email in the description of this episode. You can find all of our links on Linktree. That's linktr.ee forward slash 126ARW. If you're watching YouTube, you can also download this on your favorite podcast app. If you want to pass along some information, you can email Roll Call at 126rollcall at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Roll Call, a 126th Air Refueling Wing podcast focused on people, mission, and community. I'm Master Sergeant Brian Ellison. 500 stable.